Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to High Stakes Takes Podcast, where you know our moons got the hottest locks in the game. Coming at you tonight with a full slate of NBA locks and NHL locks. I cannot wait to get to it. It's going to be a fire, fire day of locks. We had... I almost, almost went full degenerate and bet on Atletico Bilbao today. And I would have won, but sometimes it's like, all right, that could be too good to be true, and you stay away from it. But full slate of NBA locks, full slate of NHL locks. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Boys just got out of work, grinded a full work day. Dealing with, bruh. I swear, my job is like a straight high school. Like, always people bickering, this and that. And yo, I'm caught in the middle of it. (laughs) Always, bruh. Always. And it's kind of funny, too, because, like, honestly, we got brought into a meeting. All right, word. Typical shit. Everyone got to do what they're supposed to do. And just usual bullshit in a meeting. But then there's a meeting pulled aside. And part of the main meeting was to stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Worry about yourself and your job. And make sure it's done before you even think. Even think about saying anything that anyone else is doing. If everyone just did that, guess what? There would be no issue. So, it gets to that point. I thought we were good. Main meeting out of the way. Nice fucking half hour. 40 minutes later. Wasting my morning. And then all of a sudden, not even 20 minutes later, I get pulled into another meeting just the guys. So we're sitting there. Shorty says that she got told by somebody, and it was obviously somebody sitting within the six people that were that she was talking to, that there was somebody that had went to her and dropped names and said, oh, well, these people think you're playing favorites, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So she kind of went counter childish and took all of us and was like, oh, I got told this, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying if basically she was like, oh, if you if you wanted to say you could like always talk to me, basically, like if you want to say you could say it to me. And it's like, shorty, come on. Who cares what these random employees are saying? Get it together. So, that's what I dealt with most of the day. Had me out here driving trucks and shit. Grinding. Grinding. Now, we getting this pod in quick before before we hop onto the Uber. You know it's President's Day. President Day. You already know what's going on. Getting these locks in on Abe Lincoln's. That's, that's his day, boy. That's Biden's day. That's even Trump's day. People are going to hate it. People are going to hate it. That's Trump's day too. And it's Obama's day. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Let's get into these locks on this smooth Monday night. It's actually... Over here in Rhode Island, it's brick out. Boy, it is brick. Still snow on the ground. I know Texas, they're dealing with some weather. They're all panicking. There's ice on the roads. People are sliding. Like, bruh. Y'all ever heard of ice melt? Like, what do you think is going to happen? No matter where you live, you could be in fucking Hawaii. 
What do you think is going to happen when the temperature drops below freezing and it's dewy right before? Or it's a little misty or it's snowy and it's melting and melts during the day. And then guess what happens at night when it freezes and it goes below freezing? Bingo. Like, it's, it's crazy. A tragedy that happened in Texas with that crazy, crazy pile up on the highway. But simplistic thinking could prevent enormous catastrophe. And that's facts. That's Moon's just dropping, just dropping the KO, KNO knowledge on him. And it, psh, shit, if you got to think that much into that, come on, get it together. Let's get to it. First game, we're going to kick off, or tip off per se, in the NBA. Full slate of locks. Let's get to it. What's the first one on the board? To kick things off, we got Chicago on the road versus Indiana. Bulls paces matchup. If this was back in the day, this shit would be fire. But nowadays, Chicago, young players, Indiana, they're still trading players. Still got... And this was talked about last year. Sabonis, how he shouldn't have been in the All-Star game. He kind of got was squeaked in. Everyone was talking about it, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? This year, he's dropping triple doubles. He's out there playing like Yoke. And Sabonis, his pops used to be nice in the league. So I don't know if too many people know that. I know the dogs over there on Maniab, they know that. They on their basketball shit and shit. I might link up with them. Shout out X. Shout out all them folks. Shout out Shep. Free Shep for real. That shit's wild. Fuck the feds. And that's facts. That's wild shit. But. It's only. Shit only be for the time being. Dead ass. Life throw crazy fucking curveballs at you. When you're really trying to grind out here. Shout out the whole man you have. Dead ass. Some dogs over there. So, to kick things off, or tip things off, Bulls at Pacers. Pacers favored by 5.5 points, minus 240 on the money line, over under sitting at 228.5. Coming to this game, we got Indiana winning the first game already. But that's a little deceiving because that was before the trade happened, where they traded all the depot. And that was with TJ Warren. They don't have either of them at this point. So it's really going to be up in the air. You can't really go based off last time. And for Chicago, Otto Porter, Laurie Markinen, and Hutchinson are all out. And Wendell Carter, he may make his return and play this game. He's day-to-day. But if he doesn't play, which if he does, I don't think it will make too much of a difference. I think Indy's going to cover the 5.5 spread. They're coming in only 4-6 and six in their last 10 games, but Chicago, they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. And Indy in the first game, even though it's a little deceiving, they don't have those players, they still beat up on them 125-106. So at this point, Chicago's averaging pretty pretty good amount of points they're sitting in the top 10 they're sitting seventh with 114.7 points per game but they're giving up 116.1 points per game which sits them 27th that's third to last in the league so facing indiana who averages 112.7 
We've seen them put put up points as of late and given up 111 points per game. That's just outside the top 10 out of 11th in the league. So in this game, I think Indy is going to cover the 5.5 spread. They're 7-8 and eight at home. They're just about even at home and on the road. And coming on a two-game win streak for Indy, I'm lock Indy in, minus 5.5, and, and I'll take... See, that over-under is pretty high. Like if Chicago doesn't score, it's going to be tough for them to hit that over. So that's probably something. Stay away from locking Indy. Minus five and a half at home. The next game at seven o'clock, we got Houston on the road versus Washington. Washington's favored by a point and a half in this game. Minus 120 on the money line. Houston's plus 105 on the money line. So fairly close. And that's pretty much based off. See? I think, what, Houston won their last matchup? Or did Washington win that? Yeah, Houston beat them 107-88 at home, but that was with Oladipo. Coming into this game, they're missing Oladipo, they're missing Dante Exum, and they're still missing Christian Wood. So that's something where it's definitely going to hinder their performance. Washington, even though they're... Missing Bryant for this season. Ish Smith, he's out for this game. They still got Bradley Beal, who just came back. He went off, dropped a 30-piece against the Celtics yesterday. Upset them at the 1 o'clock game. That was early yesterday. So, coming off that win, I think they'll be playing on a high. They're at home. Even though they're 3-9 and nine at home, we thought that was going to factor into yesterday. But... They ended up getting that 104-91 victory. They were up by at least 20 points throughout the game yesterday. So that's something that's that's crazy to see that over under in this game sitting at 231 and a half. This is something where I think it's guaranteed. I think it's guaranteed to hit that over. Both teams going to be balling even though Houston's missing all the depot. They could get out there and score. And actually, see, it's tough because Washington, they sit last in the league in points given up per game. But yesterday, they just gave up 91 to the Celtics. So they played well just yesterday, but maybe coming off a of back-to-back, they'll give up more points. And Sitting last in the league, giving up a buck 19, that is insane. Send the booze. But I think against all odds, Washington, <laughs> not literally because they're favored minus 120, but I think coming off 3-9 and nine home record, I think they'll add another victory to that, especially facing a Houston team that has lost five in a row. They're 24th in the league, only averaging 108.8 points per game, which they're decent defensively. They sit 8th in the league with 110.3, but I think think they'll give up points to Washington. Westbrook and Bradley Beal, one of them's going to go off, and then you're going to get scoring from the rest of the team. So with the over-under set at 231, give me the over in this game. 
and give me Washington minus 120 on the money line. The game at 7.30, and don't add the over-under to the parlay. Only lock in Washington. See, that's key, key stats. Key stats, so you'd be looking back at the parlay like, Damn. don't want to be doing that. The next game, kicking off at 7.30, we got Atlanta Hawks on the road versus the New York Knicks. Atlanta, they're favored in this game by a point and a half. Minus 120 on the money line. Facing the Knicks, who are plus 105 on the money line. Knicks coming into the game. They won two straight. They sit 6-6 six and six at home. Facing the Atlanta team, who's 11-15 on the season. 5-6 and six on the road. But they've lost three straight games. Which I think is going to affect this performance. You got Atlanta, who's 3-7. and seven. In the past 10 games. Knicks are 5-5. Five and five. Knicks got the best defense in the league. When it comes to points per game given up. But they sit dead last. In points per game. So. I think this is something where. Over under set at 217. If they play good defense. Atlanta's, Atlanta's probably not. Going to put up over 100. And the Knicks. Probably going to stay around what they average. With 104, so I'm looking forward to be like one of those close, maybe 108, 104 games, something like that. Over under at 217, I'm going to take the under 217, and I'll take the Knicks to cover the point and a half spread. Lock it in. Knicks have been playing well at home, and having the best defense in the league when it comes to points per game, versus a team in that Atlanta Hawks where they're really really base their whole offense on scoring a lot with Trey Young and coming into this game missing Hunter, missing Bogdanovich, and missing Rondo. It's going to be tough for them to play well. So locking the Knicks and locking the under in that game. The next game at 9 o'clock, we got Philly on the road versus the Utah Jazz. Utah is favored by 7 points in this game, minus 300 on the money line. Let's see if that shifted. Did that shift? Yeah, that shifted just a little bit. They're now, because when I do all this, it's in the morning. So if you ever hear a certain spread or a certain over-under that shifted just a little bit, just know it's based off that. So now it's sitting at 6.5 point favorites for the Utah Jazz at home. Best best record in the league so far. They're 12-2 and two at home. They've won seven in a row, nine and one in their last ten games. Facing the Philly team who's seven and seven on the road. Lost two in a row. And even though they sit eighteen and nine on the year, they're only six and four in their last ten games. So definitely gotta be careful when it comes to this matchup. And when you got the first head to head matchup. Between these teams, you got Philly, 8th in the league in scoring, averaging 114.1, facing the second-best defense in the league, only giving up 105.7 points per game. It's going to get tough for Philly on the road. And especially Embiid's day-to-day, they're missing Milton. And even though Utah's been missing Conley with that hamstring injury, They've been racking up dubs. 
They beat the Bucks two games ago, a buck twenty nine to one fifteen. They just beat the Miami Heat last night, one twelve to ninety four. So this is something where when it came out that the Utah Jazz were seven point favorites, money probably got slammed on Philly. And that's probably because Utah coming off a of back to back is gonna be tough for, for them to get that extra win. And even though three straight home games is gonna be tough for them to get that get that win. Get that eighth win in a row. So I'm gonna see. I wanna lock in Utah minus three hundred. Seems like a favorite, but so did the fucking Raptors last night. So did the Pelicans. And shout out Joe. He was like, yo, the Raptors fuck me every time. Whether it's they win and fuck my bet or they end up losing and fuck over my bet. And I said, dog, I feel you. I feel you. I looked at that shit. I said, damn. Come on. Like, how? How do the Raptors lose? Who did? I'm pretty sure they lost to, like, some random team like Orlando yesterday. Some crazy. The Timberwolves. One of the worst offensive teams. But... Carl Anthony Towns. See, that's that that's that sneaky. And see, D'Angelo Russell and Culver are out tomorrow for the game at the Lakers. So early news on tomorrow's games. That's just something we reading. Reading off of this bit. So the, back to off of back to back. That's gonna be tough for Utah. But I'll lock him in minus three hundred on the money line. And with the over-under sitting at 226 and a half, I think, I think Philly's going to find it tough to score. You got Gobert versus Joel Embiid. And if that's if Joel Embiid plays. He's always day-to-day with that back injury. He's always going to be on the injury report. Just like Braun, just like Anthony Davis. And shout-out Anthony Davis. Hope he recovers quick. He left the game yesterday. He got a calf strain. He's out two to three weeks, so make sure you keeping that, keeping that in mind, especially when it comes to betting the Lakers. That there's no Anthony Davis for at least the next two weeks. Dropping it like it's hot. Make sure you tuned in and locked in with your bets. So, in this game, over under at two twenty five or yeah two twenty six and a half. Mm, that's tough. That's tough. We're going to stay away from the over-under in this game, even though Utah could put up points. And we're going to lock in Utah minus 290 on the money line. We think Philly's going to cover the spread, but Utah is definitely going to win. And on to the games at 10 o'clock. There's three games to end the slate at 10 o'clock. We got the first game, Cleveland Cavaliers at the Golden State Warriors. Cleveland is plus 280 on the money line, facing a Golden State team, favored by 8 points, minus 350 on the money line. Golden State, 9-6 at home this year, even though they lost their last game versus Brooklyn, let up a buck 34. And honestly, Golden State has one of the worst defenses in points per game in the league, even though they average a good amount. Coming into this game, it just dropped that the Cleveland Cavaliers are not going to play Drummond. They're going to look for a trade. So that's that's something to definitely look out for. A name that could be traded anytime now. Breaking the news here first. Make sure 
you keep that in mind also. Whoever Andre Drummond goes to. And shout out Drummond. When I was a youngin' back in high school, I was going to get going to get some ball shoes from Prob Mall, right? Prob Place. And I'm going through this late. It's like a Tuesday or some shit. But I knew UConn was playing Providence. They were either playing them the next day or they played them like that. No, not that night. But probably played them, played them the next day. And I seen at least six players from that UConn basketball team with Drummond, with Jeremy Lamb, with Shabazz Napier. Shit. Those are the those are the top three I can name. But bruh, I can guarantee you I seen Jeremy Lamb and Andre Drummond. They walked into the foot locker I was in, bruh. And then I was a young and I didn't know exactly who they were. I knew names, but I didn't know names to face. Like I was just randomly betting on well not betting, but randomly making fucking brackets and shit. So I kinda knew a little bit about college basketball, but nothing crazy. Nothing to identify him out in person. But they dead ass walked big as fuck. And shout out Jeremy Lamb too. He he got drafted by the Thunder, which I was amped about. Like I was like, oh shit, I seen him in person. He's playing for my favorite team. Oh shit. And that was with that trade. I'm pretty sure that was with that trade with Harden. Way back in the day. If I'm not mistaken. But shout out Jeremy Lamb for real. Found his groove. He didn't start off all that well in the NBA, but I think he's injured right now for the Pacers. Or just came back from injury, but he's found his little niche over there. And he's been been balling. So shout out Jay Lamb, dead ass. So to get back to this ten o'clock game, first of three, we got Cleveland coming to the game. About to trade Drummond. They're three and eleven on the road, lost their last seven games. In their last ten games, they're one and nine. And they're 10 and 18 on the year. So they've been falling off heavy. And probably since they haven't been playing drum, they're definitely tanking. Trying to get that lottery. That shit's that shit's awful. Cleveland's trying to get that lottery pick, and it's clear as day. Like, you think Kev Love's really out with a calf injury for this long? Hell nah. They're like, alright, rest. We're gonna see what next year brings. And it's so early too. It's so early. That's crazy. But got to do what you got to do. This is the first matchup between Cleveland and Golden State. Cleveland, second to last in the league, only averaging 104.1 points per game, giving up a buck 12, sitting 18th in the league. Golden State, on the other hand, they're averaging 114 points per game, sitting ninth, but they give up a buck 13, sitting 22nd. So. Cleveland might be able to score a little bit. We took the over yesterday in that Cleveland versus Clippers game. We hit that. And the Clippers covered. Send it. So we getting getting back at it tonight. We think Golden State minus 350. If we just pick and win us, like fuck the spread, right? Just lock in winners. Not worry about a thing, but if they won. I'll lock in Golden State minus 350 on the money line. With the over-under set at 224.5, I don't think Cleveland is going to hold them to under a buck twenty. It's really going to be based off if Cleveland can get over that 100 mark, which I think they will, especially with Golden State giving up 113.4 points per game. So I'll lock in Golden State, minus 350, and I'll lock in the over 
224 and a half. And moving on to the second game at 10 o'clock, we got the Miami Heat on the road versus the Clippers. Clippers are favored by five and a half in this game, sitting minus 240 on the money line. Miami is plus 200 on the money line, coming in 11 and 15 on the year, and only four and eight on the road. They lost their last game facing the Clippers team, who's 20 and eight on the year, nine and four at home, having won their last three, sitting seven and three in their last 10 games. I think that's fire. The first game. You had the Clippers beat Miami 109-105. But in that game, there was no Jimmy Butler for Miami. And there was no PG-13 or Kawhi for the Clippers. So that's another game where, granted, they played, but they played early. And since trades and injuries and all that and players resting, it's it's not necessarily... You got to look into the actual stats and who played, not necessarily who won or lost. So... In that game, none of those big stars played, so it's really, really nothing to base any picks based off that first game. Miami, they're coming into the game, what, fourth to last, averaging only 106.2 points per game. But one of the better defenses, sitting top 10, giving up 109.6 points per game. That gives them seventh in the league, which is... Right on poor, right on par with the Clippers. They give up a buck oh eight. They sit fifth in the league, so it's really fractional based off the games. But the key stat in this game, I think, is gonna be the Clippers averaging of buck fifteen point eight per game. That sits them third in the league, one of the top scoring teams in all of basketball, and nine and four record at home. That's kind of crazy how they're such a low favorite. Oh, that's why. Oh, yeah. So this just shifted. See? Just just breaking, breaking news. Send it. Sometimes you look at the injuries, you like, damn. So for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, Pat Beverly, and Paul George are all out for this game versus the Heat. On the Heat side of the ball, Avery Bradley's out. Goran Dragic is still out. So, Jimmy Butler's going to be playing. This is a game 10 o'clock on NBA TV. The line had shifted from the Clippers being favored by 5.5 to now Miami is favored by 3.5 points. 55% of the bet coming in on Miami, minus 3.5, which they should get it done. I mean... Who, who, what, Luke Kennard's going to drop 30? Like, come on. Come on. They gave him a wild, wild contract. Like, granted, he's he's obviously a nice player because he's in the fucking NBA. And who am I? But, bruh, you clearly see he got some wild contract. And he... He's not like that. Give him a little bit of time. I could just be sleep. I think he came from Detroit, but I don't think he's like that. Come on. We'll see tonight. We'll see tonight. He's going to have a more prominent role. So we'll see how Luke Kennard could pull through. Maybe even give them the upset win now. And with the over-under set at 217.5, all the stars out for the Clippers. It's probably going to hit the under, especially with Miami playing some good defense. 
and the Clippers on the other side of the ball, they probably won't play good defense. Kawhi and Beverly and George are all out. So I'm going to stay away from the over-under. That's really risky. And if I had to give a lock based off the new spread, damn. I'd, ha I'd have to take, what is Lou Will going to ball out? Shit. I'll take Miami. What do they know? Minus 160 on the money line. Shit, that's risky. We're going to stay away from this game, actually. That's just, that's just too risky. Why bet on a game if you don't know exactly? So, on to the last game of the NBA slate. We got the Brooklyn Nets at Sacramento. Brooklyn's favored by 4.5 in this game. Coming in versus the Sacramento team, who... Lost their last three games. They sit plus 160 on the money line. 12 and 14 on the year. That's that's tough. Because sitting second to last and points given up. Giving up 118.7. Facing a Brooklyn team who granted Durant out for this game. But, bruh. With the over-under set at 243. I think it's guaranteed to hit the over. Only person on the injury report for Sacramento is Bagley. And he's day-to-day -day with a calf injury. De'Aaron Fox, good to go. Barnes, good to go. So, I think Sacramento, they they might get an upset win in this one. I'll take them to cover the 4.5 spread. And I'll take the over 243. And that's really with Brooklyn being the top scoring team. Averaging... 120.9 points per game and they sit just one spot above the Kings with giving up 117.5 points per game that's not going to be sustainable for Brooklyn they aren't always going to be able to outshoot their opponent if they can't stop them and you can't always not be able to stop them and expect to score so I'll lock in Sacramento plus four and a half with Durant out and Sacramento they got 7 out of their 12 wins so far at home. So, I'll take them my, plus 4.5 on the spread. And I'll take the over 243. And that wraps it up for the NBA locks on the day. See, NHL was puck drop early. Coyotes up 1-0 versus the Blues. That's crazy. St. Louis... Won their last two up 9-5 to five on goal difference. We'll see if the Blues can pull that one out. There's 15 minutes to go in the third. But on to the main slate. At 7 o'clock, we got the Columbus Blue Jackets. Plus 140 on the road versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes favored minus 170 in this game. Over under sitting at 5.5. The head-to-head -head record, they each won a game. It's an even 8-8 on goal difference. The only difference between the teams is Carolina's coming in, winning two straight, and 9-3-0 on the year, whereas the Blue Jackets, granted, they just picked up Patrick Laine, so they're still trying to work out everything, but they lost their last game. They sit 7-5-4 and on the year, and kind of mediocre, kind of near... The bottom half of the league in all their percentages. They got averaging 2.9 goals per game. They sit 19th. 
giving up 3.1, which puts them 23rd, and their save percentage is not much better at all, with a .893 save percentage, which puts them 24th in the league. So, facing the Carolina team on the road, and Carolina, third in the league, averaging 3.6 goals per game, and a little stat that could be deceiving... They sit 13th, only giving up 2.6 goals per game. But their save percentage only puts them 23rd in the league, which is right around on par with the Blue Jackets with a .896 save percentage. So this is a game where Columbus, they could get out. They could score. I don't think they're going to stop Carolina from scoring like two or three goals. But Columbus, I think they're going to win this game. I'm... I'm not going to make any lock on a team, but I am going to lock in the over 5.5. This is a game where I'm looking for both teams' save percentage, 23rd and 24th. I think think there'll be a lot of goals in this game, and it's right on par to hit that over at 6 goals. So lock in the over 5.5 and, and stay away from winners in this Blue Jackets versus Hurricanes game. And on to the next game at 7 o'clock. We got the New York Islanders. On the road versus the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres plus 130 on the money line. Islanders favored minus 150. Over under in this game sitting at 5.5 goals. Which is... I think that's going to be tough. Islanders. One of the top teams when it comes to goaltending. Only giving up 2.4 goals per game. Which puts them 5th. And with a .909 save percentage. That puts them 11th in the league. So... Really, really in the top half of the league when it comes to defense and goaltending. But when it comes to scoring, 26th in the league. Only averaging two and a half goals a game. Damn. Are not going to win a lot of games like that. They're coming off a win in their last game. They sit 6-4-3 and three on the year, do the Islanders. Facing a Buffalo team who is coming, playing their first game since January 31st. Granted, they lost that game. They sit 4-4-2 and on the year. But with not a lot of ice action, they're probably going to come out sluggish. They they sit 16th in the league, right around half, averaging three goals a game. And on the defensive side, right around the same thing, sitting 17th, giving up 2.8 goals a game. But with their save percentage, really, really fractionally worse than the Islanders, which Islanders hit at .909, and the Sabres hit at .899 with their save percentage. And it's just that fractional, but it pushes the Islanders from being 11th in that ca- in that stat category to Buffalo sitting 20th in that stat category. I think this is fractional. I think both teams will play some good defense. Buffalo is probably going to have a tough time scoring, and... I'm going to lock in the under 5.5 goals in this game. And Islanders should win, but Buffalo could surprise some people. They could come out of the gates firing, especially not playing in what, 15 days? That shit's wild business. So I'm locking in the under 5.5. I think think it's going to be tough scoring for both teams. And if Buffalo, they come out sluggish, the Islanders are just going to save everything. So lock in the under... Five and a half in that Islanders at Buffalo game. 
especially with Buffalo playing their first game since January 31st. The next game at 7 o'clock, we got the Florida Panthers on the road versus Tampa Bay Lightning. Florida sitting plus 150 on the money line, facing the Lightning team who are favored minus 180. Their head-to-head matchup so far, they each won a game. Tampa Bay is just leading on goal difference, 8-6. to six. And with the over-under sitting at six goals in this game, it's really going to come down to whether or not Florida could put goals past Tampa Bay, which putting six goals up in two games, that's solid. That's averaging three a game. But I'm pretty sure there was one game where they beat them 5-2 to two, and then they lost the next game 6-1. to one. So I think this is something where Tampa Bay... And we, that, and we called that too. We called the over and Tampa Bay on that game. Send it. So I think I'm going to come back in this game with the over-under sitting at six goals. I think it's going to be tough. I think Florida, see, they sit 18th in the league, giving up 2.8 goals per game, facing the top scoring offense in the top defensive team. They sit first in goals for. Goals given up at 1.8 and save percentage at 0.928. That's ridiculous for the Tampa Bay Lightning. 10-2-1 on the year. But Florida, they ain't no joke. They got a win. That 5-2 win, that's just no joke. They sit 8-2-2 on the year, having lost their last game. So it's, it's really an even matchup. It's tough to call winners in this game. I think... Based on the stats, you go Tampa Bay. But with the over-under sitting at six goals, I think we could I think we could just lock in the over in this game. The first two hit, and you know how it goes. First two hit, you think the third one's going to hit. Guess what? Third one's hitting the under. Guess what? We going against the odds. Send the over six goals in this game. And if it hits six, guess what? It's just a push. And with some of the top teams, two of the top teams in the league, with the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll lock in the over six goals. And I'm staying away from winners. Because we've seen Florida already win 5-2 to two this year. Lock in six goals. Send it. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. The last game at 7 o'clock. We got the Ottawa Senators on the road versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is one where Toronto is a crazy favorite. Minus 330 on the money line. Ottawa's plus 260 underdogs. And granted, Ottawa sitting 3-12-1 on the year. They won their last game, which which is crazy. That's just wild business. They, they just came off a 2-1 win versus Winnipeg. And that's off getting beat by Winnipeg 5-1. So, I think Winnipeg just had an off night last night. They're facing a Toronto team who we've seen could put up goals. Over-under in this game, sitting at 6.5. Ottawa has the worst goals against average and second to last in save percentage with a .867. And goals for 29th in the league. 29th? Only averaging 2.1 goals a game? That's just kind of... That's just kind of wild because when you look at look back at the matchups, this is tied up one to one. 
on their head-to-head matchups. Ottawa's actually up 7-6 on goal difference. But with Toronto coming to this game at home, both the other games were at Ottawa. So Toronto, 11-3-1 on the year. And granted, they did lose their last game to Montreal, but it was a tough, tough loss. They lost 2-1. And I think coming into this game, awful loss. We're going to really see what the top what Stanley Cup contenders for this game. Sitting at 6.5, especially with Ottawa last in the league, giving up 3.9 goals per game. And with a .867 save percentage, sitting second to last, facing a Toronto team who's fifth in the league, averaging three and a half goals a game. I'm going to lock in Toronto and the over six and a half. On to the 7.30 game where we got the Chicago Blackhawks on the road versus the Detroit Red Wings. We got Chicago coming in as the minus 140 favorite. At Detroit, who's plus 120 underdogs. And 4-10-2 on the year for Detroit. Granted, they did just win their last game. Which, pretty sure that was that was a sneaky, sneaky win on Saturday. Versus the Predators. They won 4-2. Actually got out there scoring and it hit the over. I think we had Nashville in that game, so... That's how that shit crumbled sometimes. But Chicago coming into this game already have beaten the Detroit Red Wings twice. They're up 10-3 on goal difference. So there's been 13 goals in two games so far. And with each team 20th in the league, giving up 2.9 goals per game. I think the key stat to this game is going to be the save percentage. You got Chicago... 8th in the league with a .912 compared, compared to Detroit where they got a .886 save percentage which sits them 26th in the league. So I think that's going to be the main difference in this game. It's it's really it's a .8 fraction on goals for which is, which is pretty big but Chicago they still sit 19th in the league. Detroit sit 30th and it's a .8 difference so I think it's something where with the over-under sitting at 5.5, I think this one might be too good to be true, especially with Chicago playing well behind between the pipes. See, I was about to say behind the net, between the pipes, whatever. You know they out there on the ice with the skates and the gloves and the masks and all that shit. And the hockey masks are the most lit shit I've ever seen. So Chicago, I'm going to lock him in. Minus 140 on the money line. Shout out to UPS, bro. They're just pulling into the parking lot. Just wilding, but fuck it. And I think that them sitting eighth in save percentage, that's going to get them the dub on the road. Minus 140, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good money line. Deadass. And if you can hear beeps, bro, it's just this motherfucker backing up. Beep, beep. Just hitting him with the old beep. Shout out. Ups, shout out UPS. He said, damn, heard FedEx ain't got up, son. Moving on <laughs> moving on to 8.30 game. <laughs> that shit was fucking cringe. <laughs> Dead ass, this man wild. We got Nashville 
plus 150 on the road versus Dallas, who sit minus 180 on the money line. Nashville is 6-9 on the year, having lost their last game. And Dallas, 5-3-4 on the year, have lost five in a row. Good thing they're coming into this game at home where they've already beaten Nashville twice. They're up 10-2 on goal difference, which is 12 goals in two games. That's averaging about six a game. I I don't think this is going to be the one that's too good to be true. You got Nashville sitting 26th in the league, giving up 3.2 points a game, and 28th in the league, even worse, with 88% save percentage. Over on the Dallas side of the ice, you got a .898 save percentage, which is not much better, fractionally better than Nashville, but it sits them 21st in the league, still in the bottom half. But Dallas, on the other hand, they average 3.3 goals a game, which sits them 10th. I think the over-under, especially with the first two games, scoring like they have, I think the over is guaranteed to hit in this game. And I think Dallas will easily get this victory at home. Especially coming off five straight losses. Come on, they got to turn shit around. I think this is going to be the night to do it. I'm taking Dallas minus 180 and the over five and a half goals. Send it. And on to the nine o'clock game. Where we got Winnipeg plus 120 on the road versus Edmonton. I think this is that Canadian matchup where it's going to get spooky. I think that shit's going to get straight scary Terry out there. You got Winnipeg coming in, plus 120 on the money line. Versus Edmonton, who's favored in this game, probably only because they're at home. But minus 140 on the money line, I would not be surprised to see that shift to a to a more, more closer spread. Maybe one, like... Maybe plus 115 to minus minus 130, something around there. But Edmonton, 9-7 and seven on the year. Haven't lost a game in overtime. Just if they do lose, everything in regulation. They're coming off three straight wins facing the Winnipeg team who, granted, they lost their last game. But they're 8-5-1 on the year. They sit ninth in both goals for and goals against with 3.4 and 2.5. And 6th in the league with a .913 save percentage. That is solid, especially when you're going on the road versus Edmonton team where you got Connor McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, shout out Nuji. Like, they're out there ball, Dreisaitl, Pooh Harvey. Like, ridiculous, ridiculous folks out there. Which sits them 8th in the league. In scoring, averaging 3.4 right on par with Winnipeg. But their goaltending and their defense, they're giving up 3.1 goals a game, which sits them 23rd. And over at over between the pipes, they got a .899 save percentage, which sits them 19th. I don't think that's going to win them games. It might be tough for Edmonton to score in this game. So... I'm going to stay away from the over-under. I think this is the game where two top teams and Winnipeg being up 9-8 on goal difference, them scoring 17 goals in two games, I think this game will not hit the over. 
And if it hits six goals, send it. We're locking in the under in this game, and we're locking in Winnipeg plus 120 on the money line. Send it. And on to the last two locks of the day to wrap up these Chelsea slates. And you know what's crazy? You got Calgary. Minus 130 on the road versus Vancouver, plus 115 on the money line. Vancouver, 7-11 on the year, having lost all 11 games in regulation. Granted, they won their last game, but facing the Calgary team, same amount of wins, but have only lost six games in regulation with one overtime loss. Coming in, winning the head-to-head record so far. Calgary's up 3-1 so far this year. And up 12 to 6 on goal difference. And this is also something where only one of their games so far has hit the over. So with it being set at 6 goals, I think this is a pretty good shot where it's it's not going to be high scoring. And especially because Vancouver, them sitting 16th in the league with 3 goals a game. I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to be enough to push past Calgary in that defense and goaltending. They sit ninth in the league, only giving up two and a half goals, and 13th in the league with a .906 save percentage. I think they're going to take that on the road. They might scratch out a 2-1, 3-1 victory, but with the over-under set at six goals, I'm going to take the under six goals, and I'm going to take Calgary minus 130 on the money line, especially with them already winning three out of four games this year on to the 10 30 game we got anaheim ducks just fractional favorites at minus 115 on the road versus the san jose shocks which sit minus 105 on the money line over under set at five and a half goals anaheim's coming in six six and three on the year having won their last game which san jose on the other on the other hand they're 5-7-1 and one on the year, having lost their last two games. The head-to-head in this matchup is even. Each team has won in overtime, and each team has scored six goals apiece between the two games. The key stat for this game, each team finds it pretty tough to score. Anaheim sits last, only scoring two goals a game. San Jose Sharks, 2.7 goals a game, but that only puts them 24th in the league. When it comes to defending and goals against and save percentage, Anaheim got their number. Anaheim only giving up two and a half goals a game puts them seventh in their save percentage at .914. That puts them fifth in the league. That shit's fire. Shout out Anaheim on defense. That's that's sturdy numbers right there. You need that. Only if they had some offensive weapons. And over on the shark side. You, you're sitting third to last in the league, giving up three and a half goals a game, and 27th in the league with a .884 save percentage. That's not going to get your wins. They have lost their two last two, and with the over under set at five and a half goals, we're going to stay away from it because if the Sharks, they only put up only averaging 2.7 versus the team that's only given up two and a half. I don't think it's going to work out well. The top five in save percentage, it's going to be tough versus a team that sits 24th in goals for. So 
I'm going to lock. I'm going to stay away from the over-under because, granted, each team can put up some goals. And it gets random. I think this is another game where, yeah, it's going to be too good to be true. People are probably going to slam the under. I'm going to stay away from it. It could probably hit the over. But I'm going to lock in Anaheim minus 115 on the money line, which is pretty much even. It's almost even. We see that we see that line on a lot of a lot of soccer games where the goals are set at two and a half goals and it will be over minus 115 under plus 105 or something like that. So just around those numbers, but we're going to lock in Anaheim just based off their defense and goaltending. So that wraps it up for the high stakes takes locks kicking off at seven o'clock and tomorrow Full slate of Chell locks, full slate of NBA locks, and huge games in the Champions League. I'm over here slapping my leg like you can't fucking hear it, but I am amped, and I do not care, bro. Tomorrow we got Liverpool on the road versus RB Leipzig, and we got PSG on the road versus Barcelona, kicking off Champions League play. I cannot wait. Shout out. All the people on the front line making sure these games are going down on point. And because of COVID and Germany not allowing anybody from the UK into the country due to COVID, they now have to play at a neutral, I think a neutral neutral stadium in what Budapest, I think maybe. Let me let me make sure that's that's correct. Cause I'm pretty sure it's in Budapest. Yeah. Puk- Puksas Arena over there in Budapest. It's going to be a beautiful stadium. Nonetheless. So, definitely things to look forward to. PSG going on the road versus Barcelona tomorrow. You have Neymar missing. Is Mbappe going to go off and get the victory in the first leg? Ah, oh, you never know. You never know. Stay tuned tomorrow for the high stakes takes locks. And on that note. We gonna send them out with some smooth shit. You already know how we came in. Shout out Blunted Beats on YouTube. And if you fucking with the beat, go check them out. Show them some love. Shout out that smooth guitar, hip-hop, instrumental. High Stakes Takes back with another one. And we'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you follow it. Make sure you're subscribing. That's at Armoni underscore underscore on Insta. And at Fantasy Moons on Twitter. Let's get to it.